Hello and welcome to the Body Electric Podcast, episode 1 for June 18th, 2015. My name is Nathan Hiltz and I'm a guitarist based in Toronto, Ontario and I make my living as a performer and a teacher. I primarily play jazz music, though I also have a fairly keen interest in country, blues and Brazilian music and uh, I even love trashy pop sometimes, so I'm pretty open when it comes to music. Um, I wanted to start a podcast because there's so many great guitarists uh, living and working in Toronto and I thought it would be interesting to do an interview musician to musician. Uh, So we're going to play a few tunes together and talk about uh, what they've been up to musically and get an inside look at their artistry. Uh, My very first guest is Trevor John Cola. He's a colleague of mine at the Humber College of Music. Uh, He's very busy around town and has a very striking facility on the instrument, so you're going to really enjoy his playing. Uh, my website is www.nathanhiltz.com, and uh, if you have any questions, you can also get me on Twitter. Uh, that's at NateHiltz, which is uh, N-A-T-E-H-I-L-T-Z. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks. I use a tuner all the time. You know what? So do I. It's just upstairs and I'm being lazy and like... Yeah. Just in the last little bit, I just kind of stopped giving a shit. Yeah. It's like, wait, if I stop caring, it won't matter how in tune I am. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. But I kind of want to get good at it. Like, I, but I feel like I should be good at it by now, but... but you I know, just... it's, I think it's just like anything. Like, it takes a... Like, because when I started tuning again without the tuner, which... Like, don't get me wrong, I always tune with the tuner, unless it's just not in the room and I'm lazy, but... It, it takes a while to get your tuning chops back up. Like, mm-hmm. even, like, I've been trying to figure out, like, it's like the 7th fret harmonics are sharp, mm-hmm. so never tune to those. Mm-hmm. So usually what I do is I, like, do 12th fret harmonic for, like, 7th, and I'll do, like, that, and compare that to that, mm-hmm. and then that there, and then I do that harmonic compared to that, and that to that. I find, like, the, it's impossible to get it perfectly in tune. Like, I find, you know, oh, like, I often do, like, big, like, fifths, like yeah. this, like, but then if I do it on A, it's going to be a little bit different. No, it'll never be in tune. Yeah. It's the nature of the instrument. Yeah. Pain in the ass. There's a certain comfort, mm-hmm. though, in just tuning to, like, a stroke tuner and just being like, okay, I'm as good as I'm going to get. Yeah. Time to play. I don't have to use my ears. The machine mm-hmm. says I'm right. And mm-hmm. I'm good. I've always wanted to check out that buzz fighting tuning system. I'm interested to see if that would be, like, amazing to my ears or something like that, you know? I think it's better. So do you want to play, uh, do you want to make like hop deep in the ocean? Sure. Start with that? You want to start with that? Okay. Sure. Cool. Sounds good. All right. What do you want? Maybe, uh, yeah. One, two, one, four.
should have discussed uh, the changes in those four bars. Oh, fuck it. No, <laughs> I like it. I like it better that way. Just yeah. listen to each other doing it. Yeah. So you do like F sharp minor, B7, and then... Yeah, or sometimes I just do B7 just for the whole thing. Yeah, or 2-5. Yeah. And then I can do a... So we do 2-5 and B7, don't they? They do a C sharp split or something. It's like... Like some, I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Or you can do a chromatic thing, too. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so instead of going to B, you just do C sharp minor. Yeah, sure. And then C minor. Right. Yeah. Lee, Lee Wallace does that one. I think he said Bill Evans plays that or something. Oh, cool. And then, yeah, sometimes I just do B7 the whole time, and then creep down, or sometimes I go... Tell me a little bit about that guitar. It's uh, not many guys play these carved arch tops, mm-hmm. you know. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, this is. Um, I'll make a, a long story super short as, as I can. Is um, there was a guy who who bought the Orpheum name, which Orpheum made banjos in the '30s, and I guess sometime in the late '30s he bought the name and just contacted certain guitar builders that he liked to build him one-offs. I'm not sure if they were for him or if they were to be sold in stores or what the deal was. Um, and the only reason why we were able to figure this out at Retro Fret, a great store in Brooklyn, is because they got another Orpheum, uh, the name of this guitar, Orpheum. Um, but it was the, it was like a Gretsch. Gretsch has like a Super 400 copy. I can't remember what it's called. But mm-hmm. he, he also contacted the person at Gretsch to make them. So it's, it's like an exact Gretsch Super 400 copy, but it says Orpheum instead of Gretsch. So right, right. this guy was basically just getting builders to make him things. And, and this was uh, John D'Angelico built this one. But the back is plywood, which he 100% did not build. It's probably from or harmony or something wow and the sides they're not sure what they are they're 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 solid but they're not carved right and he he carved the top for it and the bridge and saddle and everything else he did besides the back and sides so even that bridge d'angelico yeah wow yeah yeah and it's a real snug fit too like i know a lot of luthiers they always comment on uh what a nice snug fit it is right um and you can see like it's period correct to what he was doing at that time the way that they look yeah, it's cool. I mean, I just kind of found it really randomly and mm-hmm. impulsively bought it. Right, that's great. And you've gone through a lot of different pickups too, right? So what kind is the uh, that you have now? This right here, which is uh, my by far the favorite one I've had, is um, it's a Lawler gold foil pickup. Mm. So the gold foil were uh, they were a pickup that were put in these Taisco Taisco guitars that were in Japan and. Apparently they're really crappy guitars, but a lot of people really like the pickups. I think Rod Ry Cooter oh, yeah. is is a guy who took them and put it in Italian. I think he maybe was one of the ones that made them kind of famous. And now these pickups, you know, these guitars were being sold for like five bucks at garage sales, but now these people are p- paying like a few hundred bucks for these original pickups. Right. And Lawler basically just made his own kind of funky design, like which he usually uh, sometimes he does replica stuff. This is more like one of his. Um, project things like I'm gonna do a gold foil but change it up a bit so mm-hmm. he kind of did a, a, his version of the gold foil which came out about a year ago and you know I, I talked to them on the phone and it sounded like something that that might work and I heard some sound clips on YouTube and I gave it a shot and I like it mm-hmm. great I yeah. love the gold color it looks really good with the uh, 
the Imperial Tuners on the yep. You know. It fits with all the uh, the, the uh, he also makes it nickel and you know different mounts. Like this is the arch top mount one, so it actually has a tab underneath and yeah, cool. Yeah, man. So um, you know, I was interested to see uh, what you've been uh, into lately in terms of guitar practice and uh, mm -hmm. maybe what you've been uh, focused on. Yeah, cool. Um, well, super recently, um, I guess I should mention, like, I'm always kind of working on some technique things. Uh -huh. um, f for a while, I, you know, I've been working on trying to be as light as possible, like with, with the left hand especially, um, which it started because I, I had some, and to kind of continue, I had some tendonitis issues that kind of just hand pain issues that come and go. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the process of dealing with that, I realized how bad my left hand technique was. And basically through, uh, through getting that more straight, I was able to uh, get a lot more economy. I, you know, I could play a lot longer with having a lot less pain. Um, and it ties into the right hand technique too, because I, I pick kind of a lot, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the notes that I play, I pick unless it's something, you know, Unless it's something like that, or like a or a natural slide, I pretty much pick most everything else, and that's taking a lot of pressure off my left hand mm. because I'm just noticing when I play rock and stuff, and I'm having to like bend and slide and trills. It's like my left hand is doing so much of the work, and your right hand is doing a lot less of it. But when you're picking everything, you know your right hand is doing a lot of the work, which mm. is a whole another story, and the left hand is just doing less. Your left hand just kind of has to show up. It doesn't have to slide and do all these right. gymnastics. But your right hand does a little more gymnastics, I guess. Hmm. So do you have like, are you finding just your left hand is what gives you more pain than the right hand, or do you? Yeah, have exactly. No, my right hand's never given me nothing. Yeah. It's wild that like how different the jobs are from right to left hand. I find it's it's strange that like I don't know if you ever turned a guitar around and tried to play left hand and felt like you become a baby. It's like being a beginner again. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it is pretty incredible. It shows you how much is brain you know but yeah it's it's uh i know a lot of people say you know the left hand leads and i used to lead with my left hand and i i guess i guess the main thing um with with doing anything is is, is kind of finding what works hmm. you know and i don't think that you know the same things aren't supposed to work for everybody um so you know i try to make a, an effort to check out a lot of different things mm -hmm. and then you know give them a, a good shot and then see what what seems to work for me and uh, I know for me I guess there were certain articulation and time things that I personally was not able to achieve um, with the way I used to play and like, mm. I was hitting a brick wall for kind of a few years in a row and getting really frustrated and um, Lucian Gray you know Lucian yeah. guitar player in town fantastic player yeah, he totally. hit me to all these just just basically a, a different style of playing with the right hand where you can you can get a lot more with less, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I kind of, I noticed if you watch like George Benson or Lucian or uh, Adam Rogers, just some people that have amazing technique, like you're listening to all these notes flying out at rapid tempo, but then you look at their right hand and they're picking everything. If you look at their right hand, it looks like they're doing nothing. Yeah. It's like a day at the yeah. beach. So it's kind of trying to take a page in, in their book. Mm. So, um, so yeah, like, so you're talking about a technique, but what types of material are you working through? with this approach? Well, basically, um, I, I've, uh, you know, some, some, uh, some exercises I got from Lucian at the beginning, 
And, um, and then now it'll be little things like even yesterday, I, I wrote it down, I haven't even worked on it yet, but it's like a little, um, what the hell was it? It was like a C, but it was like a diminished thing. So like that, so like. Mm. Just that, that one line. Just that one thing. It's just down, down, up, down, down, up, down, down, up, down, down, up. And like once I actually get that, it's going to be really sick. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't do it yet. But it's, so it's kind of a, there's sweeps in there? Yeah. Down, down, up, down, down, up, down. Ah. Okay. So the whole thing is like, you know, if I was going to play something like um, this one I got from Lucian, which is. It's all downs except for that note. You know, so what what I've kind of figured out on my own after a long time was uh, basically if you're playing one note per string or three notes per string, Mm -hmm. I do the economy thing. Mm -hmm. So if I'm playing like, um, you know, um, like that's a part of a Joe Henderson tune. I'd probably sweep that. Actually, that's bullshit. Actually, alternate pick that because it's kind of slower. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, if I'm if you're doing like you know, yeah, yeah, then that those are gonna be all downs. Mm-hmm. You know, or if I'm doing three per string, so like you know, E flat major, like down, down, up, down, down. So there's always that. And it's it, like I also practice alternate, but if you're doing three notes per string, you can you can just kind of get it fast with doing that. But if I'm doing two notes per string or four notes, then I alternate pick. Mm. And so it's just kind of a combination of trying to practice all those things. So if you go up a line, you see like there, I was doing like down on the way down, alternate. Alternate, then, then, there, then, then I go into the economy thing. Right, right. So it's just kind of a combination of both of those things, and then just finding little, little exercises to, um, to work on any of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, or like basically, uh, it, it's really good for like articulating triplets and stuff. So usually I would just work on a bird solo, right, or, or a bird head or a Bud Powell head, and just, um, you know, um. Ah, yeah. And just, just try to articulate, yeah. you know, and you know. Yeah, I used to do that like. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way Bud yeah. plays. He plays ba 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 So. Or like a good one, Celia, that tune. Bud Powell, yeah. transcription I have yeah yeah I have I mean I don't I, I don't know if I necessarily think it's it's the best thing mm-hmm. but I mean yeah 
I think it depends how like creative you can be on your own. I, I find that I, I just can dry up pretty fast, and so mm -hmm. when I go to something I really love, I, I can usually get quite a lot out of it personally. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say. I know a lot of people that don't do much of it and sound yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's true. It's a lot of players. It seems like some players are really all into it, or some are sort of into it. Yeah, I think I think the main thing is that if you're able to achieve what you're trying to do, and and if it can be a tool to help you, then that's good. Like, um, you know, if if you can use the information you get from a lift to and do something with that information, like you know, for me, for example, you know, I was I was working on um, one of Don Donnelly Charlie Parker, one of his solos on that, and. Um, I guess about a year and a half ago and it's not so much that I just want to be able to play that material so much as if I want to be able to play that material and then hopefully do something with it in, mm -hmm. in, in my own you know like uh, yeah I just feel like um, there's some kind of in between thing there where it's like you know before I used to like want to get there without putting in a lot of work so I wanted mm -hmm. to like oh I you know, I want to I want to play like Bird and Bud Powell and all these great people, but I want to do it my way. You know, and for me, I needed to kind of actually go through it their way first, pretty, mm -hmm. pretty systematically before mm -hmm. I could branch away from it. But right. that's just me. I I think that there's people that might have a more natural way of digesting mm -hmm. material and just doing their own thing with it, but yeah. don't necessarily. And and another thing is, I don't think you necessarily have to lift a whole whack of things. Like I know for me. You know that 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 Donnelly solo. I mean, I work or even the head to Donnelly. I mean, I I worked on that just for so long. Mm -hmm. I, I really think like the the main thing is that you really, for me, I mean, to get everything rhythmically exactly the way you want it, mm -hmm. and have it so that you're relaxed and it could come out. I mean, if that takes like four months, yeah, then that's good. Yeah, S spend your time and there's so much emphasis on like oh, learn a million things and yeah I you know I think I, I did I went for quantity for a long time you, you know did, yeah. but lately I find with my transcriptions like I'll do one maybe one a month but I'll always touch it every day and it's really just getting inspired for me like if I put that stuff under my fingers all of a sudden I'm like so excited about playing like I have all this this new little toy to play with or something like that you know totally I mean it also like I mean I, I, I almost consider myself a listener first and foremost you know like I grew up listening to music like when I was a kid I would listen to music all day and like I still listen to music all day collect records mm -hmm. like so I'm definitely feel like an artist and a musician but yeah I draw a lot of inspiration from like I wouldn't be playing if I hadn't heard mm -hmm. you know uh, if I hadn't heard so much stuff I was like I don't want to do that I want to be you know I want to play Stairway to Heaven that would be amazing right, like right. If Stairway to Heaven wasn't there, I don't know if I would have got, got drawn into it. So, mm. you know, for me, I definitely, you know, I draw a lot from it. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, let's play another tune. Sure. What do you feel like? Um, Do, do. Cool. One, two, 
this early. Yeah, man, totally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what what are your kind of musical goals? Like, um, you were mentioning uh, the beboppers that you're into, that mm. you kind of you wanted to play, like, you know. Uh, yeah, what what are you kind of going for? What what's your sort of dream of how you want to sound? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess, you know, I want to, um, you know what I was saying before about being a listener, I think it's really easy to fall in love with music and fall in love with something that other, someone else is doing mm-hmm. for me. And um, I guess my, uh, my main goal is to be a little more realistic about who I am actually and um, allow my love for other things and those influences and my life experiences to nurture who I am as a player so for example you know Lucian Gray I mean, he showed me all these amazing things and my technique opened up and you know but after a certain point I realized like wait I don't want to sound like Lucian I mean I, I want I, I do in the sense of how beautiful the music is but I don't want to sound like that I want my thing to be pushed into a certain direction because of the lack of limitations that that might give me, you know? So, so um, you know, lately one thing I've been thinking a lot about is like when I sit down and play the guitar, um, just really trying to not think about anything, you know? So I'll pick up the guitar and I'll just, I'll just start playing and and kind of whatever comes out comes out and and uh and then work on that mm-hmm. like work like just for like you know sit there for a long time and just play not, maybe not even a tune or usually i'll end up starting to play a tune after a while right. and, and then every once in a while I'll just stumble into some weird shape and then i'll jot that down and, oh that's something i haven't played and ah. i turned off my brain and that's why i was able to okay so this then then i'll like like that thing yesterday like um like I, I, I was kind of improvising and came across that and I thought, oh, that'd be a good, great picking technique. Right. I didn't pull it off when I was playing it, but mm. so then I'll jot that down and then, you know, when I'm kind of, uh, you know, in that zone of, okay, I want to work on some technique today, I'll pull out that sheet and maybe write out a couple other exercises based on that. And mm. so that's kind of, so I guess that that's kind of where, mm. what I'm trying to do is, um, and, and also write, you know, I've been writing more. I, I recorded a, a trio record in, in February that will hopefully be out, uh, it may be the fall or fall or the winter, and um, you know, I did some writing for that. Yeah, yeah, I did some writing for that. And I've also been writing since then, um, and yeah, just just trying to kind of write tunes that have elements that I like, but also mm-hmm. are are an exercise in the direction I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that's been a challenge too. Cool. Yeah. Cool. See. Kind of focused on uh, like just being an improviser, it sounds like, or or seeing what comes out of you. Just yeah, uh, I would say that I'm I'm definitely among many things that I'm interested in. I think my what I'm seem to be most focused on is uh, is um, yeah, I guess kind of instrumental, creative uh, improvisation and. But I mean, not not in the sense of uh, trying to get as weird as possible. Right. Try to be as beautiful as possible, but as free as possible. So, like some of my favorite improvisers, it just seems to me like there was no, I mean, no boundaries. 
you know, like when I listen to Jim Hall or something, who I actually don't listen to a lot, but when I listen to him, I just think like, oh man, mm. this guy's just going anywhere. Yeah. Like he's just playing anything. Or uh, Michael Davidson, vibraphonist in town. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I hear him, I just feel stunning. like... Stunning, yeah. Or Absolutely like I've been stunning. in the studio with him a couple of times and like we do like three or four takes of a tune and everyone in the room is doing a similar thing on each take and mm-hmm. he's just going to different part of outer space in each take like, right. like each solo has nothing even though he comps on a tune can be completely different from the last way mm-hmm. so and I mean that in itself doesn't make it cool but the fact that each of them is so right for the moment like it, it seems like he's just interacting with actually what the band is doing right now right. instead of interacting with like I should play some of this in my solo because I was working on that or right it just seems like he's yeah. going, he's really in the moment, which is where, where I'd like to be too, right. you know. Well, so you, you teach uh, an ear training class, right? Yeah, I do, well, yeah. yeah. So, um, kind of, can you tell me about how you got where you are with your ears? Like, uh, you definitely have big ears, like, playing with you right now, I can, you know, it feels like nothing gets past you. So. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a really good question too. I would say that pretty early on, I was very interested in, um, what I didn't know was called ear training. You know, I basically in, in grade school and high school, I would hear sounds, or I'd be listening to music on my Walkman or whatever, and I would hear something and think, I wonder how far away those two notes are. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'd think, I think that those are a fourth away. And I'd go home and kind of check, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that was actually a fifth. But why did I think it was a fourth? And so I was kind of doing a lot of that stuff before I really knew what it was. Like it was, um, and I should mention too, at the time, and up until very recently, like things like technique and feel, those are the things that have never come naturally to me, and I really had to put in time. But the thing that I think came naturally to me, and I was also interested in, so mm. kind of aptitude and interest, was the ear, what's now known as ear training. You know, just just the kind of uh, those kind of skills. So I mean, I, I would say that by by the time I was uh, in high school, I was pretty hyper aware of, of a lot of those things and um and I, I guess i just used it as a basis to it's the same as now when i hear a sound i haven't heard before like usually on guitar at this point you know um maybe maybe on piano if i hear a piano like there's a lot of times i live, hear a piano player I'm like i don't know what voicing that was i've never played that you know mm-hmm. but on, it becomes easier once you've you know if you've played a voicing three times and you hear someone play it you're like, i think that might have been this then when you when you've played it a Ten thousand times, and here's someone played. You know what? Oh, that's, that's, that's that one. I know that one. You know. So uh, I, I just do the same thing. Like when I hear something I'm interested in, um, it's been mostly on the piano lately. I uh, I'll, I'll just try to figure out that sound, or, or not even piano so much as like a pop record, like uh, Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. Sure. You know, and just hear like some weird slash chords and stuff that, like this song, uh, Caroline No. Okay. You know, it starts okay. off. It's like F minor over A flat, and then E flat minor over D flat. So it's like you know, weird. Right. Right. So we're just trying, then trying to get like this, like harpsichord and stuff. Just trying to hear exactly mm-hmm. what's being orchestrated there. It's mm-hmm. like there's so many ways to play sounds on the guitar that like mm-hmm. I've been trying to uh, spin the creative wheel a bit and try to get more economy you right. know so like um, like certain you know certain you know 
certain voicings that sound really big or you just just find something you like then yeah and try to capitalize more on that or if i know the bass player is going to be playing this and the in, in, the the saxophone is going to be playing like this and i'll try to find little cool things in between the two that like well if brian wilson was writing an arrangement for the solo what would he play you know, right stuff like that that's cool that's yeah cool. I'm, I'm often frustrated by the fact that like big things like that especially um you can't just do them with everything. You know, it's not like you can systematically work it through everything. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could do that on a piano. You know, you yeah, a lot do more. It. But guitar, yeah. you like, you know, I'm going to be able to do keys. it here, yep. here, certain keys, certain... Totally. Tonalities. Like this, like a D flat major. I like playing that with open G. I mean... It, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like the only that, time you can do that, right? <laughs> or, or like uh, dominant chords. It's best for that one, yeah. Or like dominant chords. I, um, you know, I... For a while, I was plagued by like, what do you do with it? when it's the, the melody's the root and you're playing a chord melody yeah. and it's a dominant chord so you know there's like that and that yeah. and then you know then I found that and then the and behind thing on that but yeah then there's those right yeah. and then but then one that I just really like is this which I found it's yeah it's just that you know which it's kind of nice because there's there, there's not any close interval next to the root which I think is what I didn't like about that is because sometimes that can sound too a little I mean that's beautiful yeah. too I play that a lot but I definitely like a lot of um, voicings where the you know where, where the your supporting notes are quite considerably far away from the top note right. just orchestration wise like, close stuff is beautiful too you know but um, I'm kind of drawn to that and then I noticed too that with certain like with um, if you do it for like a D B and you add the open B, you get the because this is a, on its own it's a flat nine with the four of those voices. Then you add the B and now you get like a D, D thirteen flat nine, and it just sounds so nice with the open B because it's because you're getting that like the, the actual right. voicing is yeah 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 right. Cool. And then then if you go for E flat, you get the sharp five the flat thirteen, ah, and then right. if you go for E, you just get the five, and then for F, which I actually used it in one of you mentioned this, I actually used that in. Oh. And, uh, just one of those oh, nice. things um, for the last head. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's just kind of, you know, so that's the thing. You can use it for D, D flat, E, and F. And then for D flat, you can use it, but because uh, the B is doubled, I put the 13 there, so then it becomes. So then I play that one for D flat, which mm -hmm. is kind of cool. And you can play that for F sharp too. Or sorry, for G. But then that's kind of all the ones I play. So it's like same thing with like you were saying certain keys. It's one, two, three, four, and then five, yeah. and then that's it for that shape. That's all Whereas you got. Whereas on piano, if, if that was a thing on piano, no problem. Yeah. Well, keys, multiple octaves, whatever you want. Yeah. It's interesting the limitations that guitar gives to you and and trying to make it work. But that's what makes that. it beautiful. It totally. That's what makes Absolutely. it special. It's like you yeah. can use it. So like, hey. Yeah. Oh, well, can you read that? Well, I can use this and mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Or like, you know, things like, I, I really like that, which is kind of like the Alice in Chains thing. Um, but, so I play like a... Right. Is that like an F sharp kind of sound? Yeah, it's like an F sharp dominant thing. Oh. So I get the 13. Yeah. No, then, then just the three, but then you have the four. Yeah. Because it's cool because you have... You have that, right. you have the minor nine interval, mm -hmm. but because it's a consonant chord, it doesn't really sound, mm. it doesn't sound that way. Cool. So, just 
just stuff like that. But obviously, that's just that key. There's mm-hmm. another key you can play that in. Great. So, um, one other thing I wanted to talk about was maybe, um, well, where people can hear you and kind of what your favorite gigs to do are. Like, I'm sure you're doing lots of different things. Uh, I was wondering, like, where you feel that you get your best expression. Right. Uh, what kind of gigs That's you get to do? That's another good question. Um, yeah. I would say, um, I would say my favorite thing to do is probably play quartet mm-hmm. with. Um, I mean, it, 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 there can be different bands that that I feel great with, but I, I really do like playing my own music. Um, so, um, like. You know, like playing with um, guitar, bass, drums, and vibraphone, mm. and with Michael Davidson. Michael Davidson yeah. and yeah. Uh, I mean, I think for that group, like um, there's some different drummers. Norbert Botosh have been playing recently. Oh, really? Because some other drummers were out of town, and uh, you know, playing with um, Ethan Ardelli a lot, and mm. uh, Adam Aruda a lot, and, and Fabio Ragnelli. You mm. know, and, and on bass, I mean, for that group. Uh, Devin Henderson, you know, he's mm. my man. I love playing with Devin. It just seems like a great fit. And, and also, man, uh, Devin can't do a lot of them because he's super busy with stuff. Playing yeah. with Dan Fortan in that band recently yeah. has been really fun, too. And But, um, but yeah, I just feel a certain... Um, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen, you know, playing with playing with Michael. And, right. You know, and... Uh, but also a security that whatever happens, it's it's gonna be cool, you know. And uh, yeah, I think I think that you know play like we play like some Joe Henderson tunes and Elmo Hope and uh, and and some of my tunes and some Reebok mm-hmm. tunes. But I, I I really feel in that group that it's kind of like that feels like home. Mm-hmm. But I love doing like subbing for you at Joe Mama's or right. doing any kind of uh, you know when I play with Jake at the Blur Street Diner, mm-hmm. we can't do it and. Um, I end up doing a lot of dropping in jazz, like basically playing standards like we're doing today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess kind of playing in, in the style that I'm playing today, which is kind of, you know, I mean, I think straight ahead enough, but I mean, still mm-hmm. free to, you know, not like I'm just playing a bunch of cliche licks or something, you know, not, yeah. like, not like you're... You're not a jazz police kind no, of... No, yeah, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a stylist, you know, I don't... Uh, I mean, I, I would be happy to do seven nights of a West Montgomery tribute thing, but I wouldn't want to do it all year. You know, I, yeah. I like the music enough to, oh, that would be great. That's fun. You know, mm-hmm. play the part in a rock band. That's fun. But, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, when's the new record coming out? Hopefully in the fall. Like, I just finished editing it, and I'm going to mix it soon. And uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Do you get a title for it? Do you get a name? I don't. I haven't thought about any of that yet. I, uh there's going to be, I think, three of my tunes and five standards, or five, they're not even so much standards as just songs written by other people, some, some more, uh, I guess you would say, uh, less known stuff, mm-hmm. a couple of Elmo Hope tunes, and um, get guitar player Matt Stevens from Toronto, living in yeah. New York, one of his songs, Cicada. Oh, no way. Uh, and so just a mishmash of, of things, and yeah, I haven't, beyond getting it together and recording it and now editing it, that's that's so far... I, I have a little theme I think I might do for, like, a cover and... and oh, really? Yeah, but I haven't... I don't know. I'm still trying to iron that out. There's so many steps to get a recording out. Like, just, you know, playing is the kind of the easy part, but all that other yeah. crap you have to do... There's a just, lot, yeah. It takes a while, you know? Oh, yeah, it's a process. Yeah. Cool. Well, I look forward to hearing that. Thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, why don't we do one more tune and sure. call it? Isfahan, you want to try that? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta play that fancy B flat chord. Oh, nice.
Thanks. Uh, Sounds beautiful. Yeah, man. You too. That's really fun. Thanks Great. so much for having me. Oh, thanks for doing this. I appreciate yeah, that. It's, it's fun to talk to you. Yeah, man. Um, do you have any gigs coming up uh, that uh, you'd like uh, people to know about? Anything um, in particular? No, nothing real. Nothing other than some jobbing stuff. Okay. Um, I've been playing at this restaurant, Colette, which is next to the Thompson Hotel. Mm-hmm. We're playing there next couple of Saturdays. With and that's Morgan. open? Anybody can do it? Yeah, it is. It's really, it's pretty fancy. But oh, it's nice. It's really nice. And I'm doing a couple of things with John McLeod's band at the mm-hmm. beginning of July, which I'm excited about because I haven't done that before. That's a great band. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for now. Cool. Yeah, man. All right, well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You've been listening to the Body Electric Podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, next week, my guest is going to be Ben Bishop. Uh, he's a talented young guitarist, a uh, real old-school bebopper. Uh, and uh, he just moved back to Toronto from Rochester, New York, where he was doing his doctoral work uh, at the Eastman School of Music. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to talking to him and seeing what uh, what he's been up to. Um, so again, you can find the podcast at www.nathanhiltz.com. Uh, thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you later.